everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to the 147th episode of Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who are looking for a job in this post-COVID job market an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. And this is the 105th episode as part of my partnership with The Avail List, an unbelievable website that spotlights all the amazing talent in the ad industry who are ready to get back to work. For this episode, we have Brandon Beyer, who you know was most recently an ECD at Envoy. You know, Brandon, really happy to have you here. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate the, the time and the energy that you put into this, helping people get, get back on their feet. Yeah, of course. Happy to, to do my part and, and, and try to give back a little bit. Maybe maybe to start off by telling everyone how you've been dealing with the last what, two years now, how you've been keeping busy. Yeah, it feels like uh, um, no shorter an eternity. Right. Um, so I guess like right, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. You know, right before COVID happened, I was in London. I was working for this agency based out of New York, um, help them open an office in London. So I spent a couple of years in London. Um, I had been working for them for about seven years, um, really helping them grow from about 10, 12 people to we probably capped out at like 150 across five offices. So I was in London. I decided, Hey, I had the seven year itch. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a change. I had previously met a woman uh, who was from Los Angeles and we hit it off and she moved in with me in London and that I met an American in London, go figure. And we decided to be closer to her family. So we packed it up, moved to LA and I had quit. So we worked out a deal where I had a little bit of a severance and um, uh, we're left on really good terms. And, and I was in LA and, and ready to, ready to sort of take on whatever, whatever it was. So I didn't really have a next steps uh, and a plan, but I wanted to take about six or seven months off and um, but serendipitously, I guess COVID happened right like two weeks before, um, right after I arrived and we were staying with her family and there I was for about nine months, uh, in, in the spare bedroom, um, trying to, trying to meet some people network and, um, ended up starting my own, starting my own agency. So I was freelancing. Um, so I just sort of wrapped that into a company called good ground and I was operating and I got in touch with some old clients and, and found some new clients luckily, and was able to sort of weather the storm. I know it was challenging for a lot of people, but there seemed to be quite a bit of demand when it came from like creative services. So what I was, my in where my interests were lying at the moment, that moment were, sort of more foundational branding work. Uh, I traditionally came from more of a design and digital um, digital background, uh, working primarily, yeah, with, with sort of more companies that are focused on like more product and uh, e-commerce. Uh, but what we were finding a lot of the time was companies weren't really having their foot, didn't really have their footing when it came to foundational branding, uh, whether they were big companies or small companies or medium-sized. So I wanted to make that an offering, and I found a lot of personal um, interest uh, in in helping people find their way. Um, we had so many conversations with clients, and you're like, "What is the reason for this company to exist?" And they say, "To make money," and you're like, "What else? Anything else?" Um, and it was it's sometimes tough for people to find a deeper meaning in the, what the work they're doing. So that's what we were, we were doing, I think with some clients when we were based in London and I just wanted to transition that into what, what I thought um, some people needed here, here in LA too. So 
And then how that's married, like foundational branding, and then how that translates into more visual identity. Um, so that's what Good Ground and myself have been focused on for a few years. Um, and then I, I took on a role, not for very long, but uh, just parted ways with, with the company Envoy. I was working as an ECD and helping them grow their team and really overseeing about 15 creatives, um, really, really talented team. Uh, but there was just, I think, you know, wasn't, a, wasn't the right match for me, right, right fit. Um, so going back to on my own here and looking for, for new opportunities, you know, I've been uh, on the quest, whether it's um, for freelance roles, but full-time roles. So I'm in conversations with a few different agencies and companies uh, trying to see what's out there. There seems to be a lot of, uh, a lot of demand. I know there's been layoffs, but it seems to be demand is high. Yeah, I think now people definitely are. I mean, there was a time where everyone's starting to hire again. Now, who knows? A little touchy. Mm-hmm. Super interesting about Good Ground. I was definitely going to ask you about that later. So thanks for, for diving in. Are you still doing some of that stuff just in the, in the background? Or that's kind of on pause while you're navigating what's next? It, so I had some projects that sort of, uh, they maybe stalled out a little bit um, from a, one client I was helping. When, when you're working with a company that's, just getting their footing. Sometimes things take a little bit longer than expected. So I've been working with this really incredible woman, uh, Laura, who developed this, her own product. And she was just selling these popsicles to, to her neighbors. Um, so the, the company's called, I ended up helping them name the company and defining the position and really helping them with their visual identity and building it from, from nothing. So it's called Nia's Ark. Uh, so they're botanical ice lollies, which are popsicles, uh, but they're in the form of a lollipop. Um, so I'm still working on that. I'm still helping her and I think she, you know, helping her maybe even raise money uh, in the future. Uh, and we're, we're sort of, I think we're, the summer solstice is the 22nd of June here. So we're hoping for a real soft launch here uh, for her. We've been piloting it and getting people, but it, as far as it has been, it had more of a local reach. She's trying to go international or not international, but just more domestic and be able to ship across country. So that's been a challenge when you're shipping things that are frozen. Um, so investigating that with her fulfillment team has been a little bit of a challenge, but I think just getting over that hump. Um, so yeah, I am still doing, working on, on projects through that. Um, but they're not necessarily taking up my every moment. Right. Super cool though. Sounds, sounds, you know, interesting, fulfilling, doing, doing some good work. So really, really exciting. Maybe tell everyone a little bit about yourself, like how you got, even got into advertising and to design. You touched on, you know, some agencies you've worked at, maybe some of the clients you've worked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, it's like so trite um, to, to go back to when you're a child, but it's so true. And I was really like a creative kid and maybe felt a little bit like outcast at times. Uh, I could like to paint. I like to draw. I had a couple uncles that were artists. Um, one was more a technical artist who worked for GM for, for his entire career. And one was a painter uh, who lived like in Sacramento. So we used to spend time with him and we would paint together. It was a really incredible experience. And then I think through my teenage years, I started to realize I really, I really enjoyed making things in any way possible, whether that was, 
I would repaint my matchbox cars or draw like racing stripes on them or tweak them or tint the windows or doing stuff, painting them, probably inhaling a lot of fumes in the basement while I did such. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just something that I was interested in. And I, I think I lost sight of it for a while. And then, uh, I, I went to college. I went, I was in, lived in Detroit and started taking like business classes at Wayne state university. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Ended up transitioning into more of a graphic, graphic design program, transferring to a better school in Detroit. So all in all, I was in school for a really long time. I had a really supportive mother who uh, helped me get, get through those, those times, but went to this really great school called College for Creative Studies in Detroit, um, really transformed and opened my eyes to like the, just the idea of like everything in the world is made by a, per, a person or people. I think like when you re- start to really realize that, like it's pretty, it's just like sort of melts your mind and like really opens your world. Um, so just generally creative, got into the school, got through the, the program um, and was working into, in Detroit, a little outside of Detroit for a while. And then I wanted to transition and try to make a move into New York. So applied to a bunch of jobs. Uh, luckily, I was made an offer by this company, Code and Theory. Uh, at the time, they weren't a very large agency. Uh, I was hired by Brandon Ralph, who's the founder. I got to work really closely with him. He's an incredible mentor. Uh, gave me the, I like to say he gave me the keys. Um, I had a, a boss that was, and I brought, I was brought on as a designer, but momentarily I was made art into art director because the person that was overseeing me quit. So he's like, do you want to take over our, one of our biggest accounts, which is, was Dr. Pepper, uh, Snapple, and then all the other brands that sat underneath them, a lot of like subsidiary of brands. So we were doing, we were the agency of record for, for Dr. Pepper when it came to digital work. Um, so there was a lot of work, a lot of ads, um, very, very busy. I got a real, uh, it was thrown into the deep end for, for lack of a better term, quite quickly, sink or swim. I think I was swimming. I did quite well there. I learned so much. And I think with being in New York is one of those things like people talk about energy. New York is like made for working. Uh, you go into these agencies sometimes in the middle of the night and people are just like plugging away and people are excited. It's not like they're being chained to the desk. So I felt a lot of energy in the momentum and really, really deeply creative people. And I was felt like I was a complete imposter that I was sitting next to such talented people, met a lot of really great people. Um, from there, worked for Tribal DDB for a little bit. And then I worked at Wondersauce. Uh, Wondersauce was just starting out when I joined and um, stayed there for quite a while. And then that's sort of, you know, been my, my trajectory. Some of the clients, I mentioned a few of them that I've worked on, you know, Dr. Pepper, Snapple, some more recent Brooks running Condé Nast, um, Scott's NFL. Uh, I always forget like the key mm-hmm. ones, but those are, some, those are the big rare. And then some are like D to C brands, Hello Ned, which is a CBD brand, really great guys. And uh, rare form, which is uh, based in here in LA. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty good breadth of clients and a good way to kind of break in and get and get some opportunities. What What would you say you're looking for in your next role? Freelance, full time, you know, ECD design focused. Which Which way do you want to go? Yeah. 
where I'm seeing myself as focusing is I, th- I see myself as really a marriage between design and, and brand. Um, and more often I'm, I'm talking to companies and they're, they have two segments of, I don't know what you call it, verticals or departments. But I see myself as marrying those two things together and bringing them closer. Because I think that's what I, we were doing when I, when I worked for Wondersauce. It wasn't necessarily this fractured um, department. It was all sort of housed under one. So whether that's somebody coming to us for naming and branding and identity and art direction, and then transitioning that into more digital work, I really think that that is like the full package. That's where I really want to focus my effort. I see, you know, people, people talk about user experience, but I think user experience is like really customer experience. And that goes from every touch point. So I see myself as being trying to, trying to bring these things all back together instead of just focusing on one, one part of the work. Um, Maybe that's my utopian plan and idea. I don't know if that will be self-fulfilling or if, people will grant me such wish wish, but I think that there's a, I think there's a need for that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it makes sense to bring it all under one roof and not silo everything. Yeah. And I I think you you say ECD or CD or, you know, these, some of these titles, I don't, I don't know necessarily what they mean at different, different companies. The what's important is I think the responsibilities. I want to be leading a team, I want to have some the ability to create, uh, maybe grow a, grow a scale a team up. I have a lot of experience doing that, and and then working on stuff that if we're I'm an agency or if I'm in house, that, that's that's a potential. I've been talking to some companies and maybe working more in house. Just just being able to work with really great people. I think that's what we're all we all want. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You, you touched on it a few times already, but what are some of your better you know, work qualities? Where do I start? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, there's so many to list. Uh, I think I'm really empathetic. I think I'm, I think I'm a really strong, strong leader when it comes to letting people maybe falter or fail on their own uh, and not always like catching catching the person as they're falling. I think there's a, there's an analogy or I think when, when I was younger, this person that helped me ride my bike, it's like, if you, if you hold the back of the seat while the kid's riding the bike, he'll never, they'll never really learn like how to balance. They need to feel the weight and they need to feel the, I like to call it gravity. You need to feel gravity and you're going to fall on your own and actually can build a fire with in you or under you to maybe do better and do better work, present better, um, make better choices instead of relying on um, the lead to to always catch you. So from a from a leadership's perspective, I think I, I like to take that approach. Of course, there are times when you have to step in and not let things uh, blow up. But um, so those are a couple qualities. And I think from a just a design sensibilities standpoint, you know, I've I've helped and, and fostered like really incredibly talented people for a number of years. Um, and not to say like, I am responsible for them, but you know, if you find the right people who have a lot of potential, it makes everyone's life and job so much easier. Yeah, no, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Do you have a favorite project that you've worked on? 
it's funny. I, I always like go back. I always go back to this one, this one thing uh, I worked on. But I'll say I'm gonna. I have two. I think this most recent project with Neozark is really, really exciting. Uh, working with somebody that's really impassioned and cares so much. So I'm a, I'm a recent father, and feeding your child things is one of those things you're like, wow, you really start to realize the things that you're putting in your body and you're putting in your child's body and really conscious of trying to make good decisions for them when they don't really can't really make their own decisions. So working with Laura on this, on just her intentionality and consciousness about food and ingredients and where she's getting the food to these ingredients to put in her, in her products, um, because she's always troubled by, um, the food quality and what is going into some of the, some of the products that people are feeding their children. So that's been a really exciting project and really exciting to see that take off. And one of those other things, it's sometimes the projects you don't think are that exciting end up being the ones that are maybe the most fulfilling. We, I had worked with this educational nonprofit for many years in creating teacher tools. So we got to be in a lot of rooms with incredibly smart people, people that were really shaping the nations, like how they were teaching mathematics and um, English arts um, and every, everything in between. So we started to develop these teacher tools, which was like on a traditional, more like product design path, um, helping them develop MVPs and piloting them and getting them up and getting, uh, getting their stakeholders to evaluate and then deploying them into the world and having real feedback come back, come back on these. Some of the, some of the stuff we made, like, so it was a Bill and Melinda Gates funded foundation and Bill Gates had tested some of these products. And I was like, Whoa, that's amazing. Like the fact that he's, he's dead, he's clicked on a button that we like we, we put together Ooh. Um, but we went to this conference and we had about 150 200 teachers in a room it was here in LA and we were we were based out of New York so we flew over and we were doing user testing in this conference when everyone was using this tool and it was about like how to help teachers create lesson plans and they were giving us live feedback I mean <clears throat> And this product manager I was working with, Joseph, we were like, holy, holy, sh- I don't know, I'm not supposed to swear, holy smokes. Holy shit, it's fine. Okay, holy shit. Uh, all these people are using this thing we made. This, this is like the, this is a real feeling of like, okay, you put something in the world, but we're in a room and we see a hundred people, 200 people yeah. like using it and being like, this is great. And then some people are saying this, this sucks. Here's why, or this is giving me creative anxiety. Here's why and getting that real response was something I have never felt before. And I still maybe haven't felt since. And that was probably 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's nothing like actually seeing a room full of people, I'm sure. And, you know, engaging with the product. Yes. There's a cool feeling when you're at a bar with some friends and you're like, Oh shit, look on TV. I made that. <laughs> but there's something different when the whole bar is looking and everyone laughs and like, Oh shit yeah 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 so yeah it's it's nice and then again doing something a little bit more impactful than just selling you know whatever a donut whatever it ends up being you know something a little bit more impactful yeah what do you do outside of work 
I don't know if you've heard my child screaming in the background now. He's not <laughs> screaming. He's probably just playing. He's a, he doesn't really cry that often, but he, me and my, so I, through the pandemic, I got married. We had a kid that's been consuming a lot of my time. We like to travel. Um, we went out of town a few weeks ago, we went to Mexico, we went to Palm Springs. We're trying to figure out a summer, summer trip. We love to, love to, as my wife liked to say, we like to bop around. Um, that's something I like. I enjoy playing basketball, playing tennis. Um, I like to golf. I mean, my interests are never, never few. Um, and then I have a handful of projects as I look around my room, um, trying to make a menorah for my, for my wife's family, um, uh, that I, I promised I was going to make this, this menorah. So that should be, that should be launching, uh, pre Hanukkah, uh, got a few more months. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just dabbling in a lot of things, a paint and, um, that, yeah. Awesome. No, love, love, I mean, getting, getting your hands dirty, doing some side projects, keeping busy. Yeah. That's, that's really it for me. Last question is if there's a dream client brand agency, someone you want to give a little shout out to. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many great agencies and I think a couple that, that have been on my, my radar for a while are Collins and in red antler. Um, so I can think of more branding focus, but they do, they do some digital work. Um, but yeah, those are, those are two, two highlights I would say among all the other stars out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm both doing great work. I actually just read about red antler the other day. Um, yeah, a bunch of really, really good stuff. That's, that's really it for me. Thanks for hopping on, putting yourself out there and doing something like this. For sure. Well, thank you, Matthew. I appreciate the time and, you know, putting, putting yourself out there to, and uh, helping build a platform for others. Yeah. Now the, the, the least I can do. So glad to keep it going, but that's a wrap for the 104th, 147th episode of bouncing back. You know, anyone who may want to sell themselves to recruiters looking for talent in the industry, have them shoot me an email at malow930 at gmail.com check out the availlist.com for large list of people who are ready to get back to work in the ad industry. And you can listen to all these episodes on Spotify and Apple podcasts under bouncing back and advertising. Thanks so much, man. Thank you.